Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Good morning and welcome to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from Studio B on the campus, the headquarters of the Saints and Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly, and as promised here on this Tuesday, we have a lot to cover on our podcast today. Specifically, a big chunk for the Saints and also a big chunk for the Pelicans, who uh, fell last night at home to the Wizards, 92-85, to dropping the Pelicans now to 17-17 and overall. The Saints chunk is a big uh, piece. Uh, it is a big offseason piece as we get the State of the Saints address from Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis on the program today. We're going to play you the entire 31-minute or so uh, press conference. Uh, I want you to have it in its entirety Therefore, you can take away what you like um, and how you like it because certainly sometimes when you cut up a press conference and it's a, a flurry of sound bites, you may not understand the entire context of the conversation or the tone of the question or anything else. So, so with that being said, I think it's important enough that we deliver the entire press conference for you today um, on, a, uh, on a Tuesday that sees a lot of topics covered by Mickey Loomis. Uh, notably, uh, the uh, coaching staff, whether there will be changes or not, um, the uh, process is now involved with the Junior Gallette incident, which is some 24 hours old now as we sit here in Studio B today, and the overall feeling about a 7-9 and nine season. Um, and that goes down a number of different paths for sure. Um, and then the personnel situation with Ryan Pace. Those are just some of the highlights that you're going to hear today in that press conference with Mickey Loomis. On the Pelican side, we'll hear from head coach Monty Williams and from uh, starting forward Anthony Davis. Get their thoughts on what happened last night uh, as the Pelicans saw their three-game home win streak come to an end and uh, this continuation of this win-loss, win-loss, win-loss pattern now that's reached 10 games. Um, look, let's, let's be real. The Washington Wizards are now 23-11. and This is an elite team not only in the, in the East but in the entire NBA. Um, but there were some things, obviously, that may make you scratch your head. Um, certainly would disappoint you because, you know, you want to win at home and beat everybody. Uh, but I'm hoping that the thoughts from Coach Williams and Anthony Davis will address some of those things for you or maybe even spark some more questions as they get ready for the uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, tomorrow night in Charlotte. So busy day here with us. 
I think what we'll do first is we'll go with uh, Pelicans first, recap last night's game with Coach and Anthony, and then we'll uh, take you over to the press conference with Mickey Loomis. So stay with us. Quick timeout, and we'll move forward after this. Sign of Mardi Gras, baby. <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beads, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superhero Night, presented by State Farm at the Smoothie King Center this Friday as the Pelicans take on the Memphis Grizzlies. The first 5,000 fans get a Pelicans cape, brought to you by State Farm. And make sure to dress in your best superhero outfit for a costume contest during the game. Tickets start as low as $14, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get in on the high-flying action. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, still to come, Executive Vice President and General Manager of the New Orleans Saints, Mickey Loomis, his entire press conference for you today to a digest on this Tuesday. First, though, let's look back to last night's loss to the Wizards. 92-85 was the final score at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, the Pelicans won only the third quarter last night, 20-17. to um, Really got things interesting late, but just couldn't, couldn't finish the deal. Uh, and there are some factors. 18 turnovers by the Pelicans last night is uh, way over what they normally are offering up. It allowed for uh, Washington to score 14 points in the game off those turnovers. You also allowed Washington to uh, outshoot you 48% to 44%. And uh, certainly with regard to rebounding, with shots in play, missed shots in play, turnovers in play and all that, you don't want to get beat in that category. Although being slight, it was a 40 to 39 in that situation. Wizards led by 11 on a couple of different occasions. Pelicans in a game that saw only two lead changes, only uh, led by one as the night went. Turnovers an issue, and then a lot of question marks last night regarding uh, not touches, but field goal attempts for Anthony Davis, who uh, came into last night's game as the third leading scorer in the NBA, just shy of 25 points a game. He only had three field goal attempts in the first half, Ended up with 12 overall. Uh, was fantastic, though, at 9 of 12. Had 21 points at the end of the night, along with the 10 rebounds and a block. It was his 20th double-double of the season. But uh, maybe rightfully so, or at least understandably so, maybe better put. Um, questions about whether or not um, your go-to guy had enough field goal attempts in what turned out to be a loss last night. Some of those things to be addressed now by Pelicans head coach Monty Williams after the ballgame. Night they were hard yeah. to overcome, weren't they, coach? Yeah, they did. I, I thought the um, their defense was really good. Um, haven't been in a game where you see so many bad bounces uh, against us. You know, we or bad situations. One time we fouled with 1.9 on the clock. I didn't think it was a foul, but it happened. A couple times we got steals and gave it right back. Uh, one time we get the offensive, we get the defensive board. We thought we had it. They get it, and he throws it to the guy under the basket. And uh, you couple that with 18 turnovers um, defensively tonight. I thought they were uh, really physical with us. Kind of took us out of our rhythm. And uh, we're, we're never around that mark. Uh, if you look at the 
Anthony only had 12 shots. I think a lot of it was because we couldn't get enough uh, touches for him because we kept turning the ball over. And um, you can't do that against a really good team. But you mentioned the touches for Davis tonight, yeah. just the three shots in the first half, the 12 overall. You talked about, you know, maybe they get some deflections yeah. or the turnovers hurt you. Um, is he demanding the ball enough or are your guys finding him enough or is it strictly what you said it was tonight? No, I, th I think teams are trying to take him out. And you watch the film, you know, every time he cuts to the basket, he's got two guys touching him. Uh, we ran a few sets for him and they just took him out. So we had to swing the ball to the other side. I thought we didn't, we didn't push it like we normally do. So we have time to run our stuff, uh, but I thought they were uh, making a great effort to you know, keep his touches down, and when he did get the ball, he and Ryan were getting double teamed, and, and we didn't capitalize like we could have. Coach, Eric returns tonight. You had different rotations for the first time in yeah. a long time. Was there a sense that you were not in rhythm as a result Probably. during some of that? I, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with that, but I certainly got to look at the film and, and see how it may have messed us up. But, you know, guys expected it. You know, it wasn't like we didn't know Eric was going to come back and play. You know, if, if we'd have shot the ball better and not turned it over, nobody, it wouldn't have been a, uh, an issue, but it didn't work out for us tonight. Um, he's got to get his legs underneath him, and you know he'll be back uh, to form here soon. Coach, it's ten games in a row. You guys have alternated wins and losses. Yeah. Does that make for a little bit of an emotional roller coaster? You think with this team, does it start to take a toll? No, I don't, I, I don't think it'll take a toll. I just think it's um, the part of the year we've had. You know, we've. It's not like we're playing bad teams. I mean, we're playing. Play Houston the other day, Washington tonight. All these teams are teams that probably are going to contend for a championship. Chicago last week, uh, San Antonio. So it's not like we're playing, you know, B-level teams. There aren't there aren't any in the NBA. Uh, we've just come up short. I, I, I'm glad. I like the way we competed. I mean, they scored 92 points offensively. We weren't, we weren't that efficient tonight because we turned the ball over so much. Speaking of Coach Williams, don't forget the uh, Monty Williams show returns this week uh, after a three-week hiatus due to a Thursday night Pelicans game, uh, Christmas and New Year's, but we're back on Thursday night. Uh, we're going to slide the start time back a little bit. There's a big celebration in New Orleans uh, with the uh, bicentennial of the Battle of New Orleans, and our flagship station, our partner, WWLFM, has asked that we can uh, uh, start the Monty Williams show a little bit later, 9 Central on Thursday night, so that they may uh, also deliver the celebration being held down at Jackson Square um, this Thursday night. So, again, Monty Williams show returns this week, but at 9 Central on Thursday night, 30 minutes of behind the scenes with Pelicans basketball. Most of it, of course, our deep dive there with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. All right, one more thought from last night, or several thoughts, I should say, from Anthony Davis himself. You no, know, it's tough. I mean, uh, 18, we usually don't have that many turnovers. Just uh, trying to make the right play. You know, well, I think they did a good job covering enough our options, so um, you know, they're just a you know, something that we got to get into our offense faster, get the ball down the floor, you know, but that's a big part of the game is to you know, make sure that we take care of the ball and have more possessions, you know, and uh, play that we usually make, you know, that's usually there, uh, just wasn't there tonight. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't worry about any of that. You know, I know what the team's trying to do, take me out. So, um, we got to try to use that to our advantage um, by, you know, giving other guys the ball. Um, the game's going to come to me. I'm not going to force it at all. So, um, I don't think 
That's why I didn't get the ball. I mean, I really don't care if I got the ball or not. I don't know if we try to get the win. You guys have preached consistency a lot here. Is it difficult to pinpoint just why that hadn't happened? You guys haven't been able to kind of build off a, a nice win? Um, you know, it, it's tough. Um, we try to come out every game and play the same style. You know, some nights, you know, teams hitting every shot. Some, some nights is us. So um, we just got to figure out um, how, how to do it. You know, um, I'm not trying to blame on Devin Young, but um, we don't have a lot of experience, you know, in the team. So we got to try to, you know, make up that gap for teams that have experience and um, you know, try to come out and use our Utah advantage. How do you feel about Aaron coming back and not protecting the game? Oh, I mean, I'm glad he's back. You know, uh, he's a great player, um, a threat offensively, you know, can play defense. And, um, you know, he's just trying to get his legs back, you know, get back in the rhythm of things. So, uh, you know, um, first game, you know, when you out for you know, a long period of time, um, no one expects you to come back and, you know, go for 30. You know, uh, we knew it was going to be tough for him, but we tried to feed him, you know, the ball to try to get him back into the rhythm of things. That was Anthony Davis with the media last night in the locker room. Pelicans travel today after practice and will play the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night. Six Central coverage begins on the uh, New Orleans Pelicans radio network and Fox Sports New Orleans. We're going to flip the page. Big day for football as uh, Vicki Loomis held his State of the Saints press conference. It's yours in its entirety next. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Good morning. Um, look, I don't have an opening statement. I'm available for questions, so let's get right into it. 
Mickey, uh, have you done any contact with the league about Gillette, and are you concerned about the possible ramifications of the new domestic violence policy? Well, I, I think this, look, we're going to take this matter very seriously, and um, we're going to let law enforcement and the legal process run its course. We have notified the league. The league, uh, um, I presume this is going to fall under the personal conduct policy. The league's got a process uh, for that. You know, we're going to let both those run their course. Um, if at some point we deem it necessary for, you know, the club to take some action, you know, we'll do that. Do you do anything differently now in a situation like this than you would have been required to or would have done before? Um, you know, I don't know that. We, we would always take these very seriously. You know, we've got an, a reporting obligation, which we, we always, uh, uh, you know, adhere to. So I, I don't know that it would be a lot different. Obviously, the, the league's uh, personal conduct policy has changed and been modified, so that may be a little different. But other than that, I don't think so. Starting up an uh, independent investigation, the league handles that? Yeah, that, that's the league. You know, the league ha has, has that as part of their personal conduct policy. Who makes the decision on whether you want to, if you want to put him on any kind of a exempt list, or is that a league decision, or can you request that? Or? Yeah, look, I'm not sure what the process is for that, but I'm not really concerned about it because, look, there's no football activity for us until, uh, you know, until April, latter part of April. There's been a lot, of, a lot discussed about how Junior matured. You obviously gave him a huge contract. Uh, just your thoughts on him being involved in something like this after you guys made a commitment to him long term. Yeah, I, I, Larry, I don't know that I can make too many comments about that until, you know, we get more facts and we get more information. And, and um, look, the incident just happened yesterday, so I think it's too early to, to make any comments about any of that. Have you talked talk to Junior about this? I have not. I have not. Our security director has, has spoken with him, though. Considering how high the general expectations were for this club back in preseason and training camp, how do you personally feel about the way the season played out, 7-9, and nine, missing yeah. out in the postseason? Well, I, look, I think I feel the same way that everybody in our building feels. You know, we're disappointed. Um, you know, 7-9 and nine is, it was, certainly wasn't our expectation. It's not what we're accustomed to. And, and uh, so I, I think I feel the same way as everybody else in, the, in our organization. What did you see as the biggest areas of concern or as the season played out? Well, man, I, I think this, we've got to be concerned about every aspect of, of uh, you know, our football team, um, starting with me, starting with the personnel department. You know, we're, we're going to go through this evaluation process of, of, uh, of our club, you know, and, and that's, again, every aspect of what we do and how we did it. And, and uh, you know, we're just at the beginning of that. Mickey, what is the evaluation of the coaching staff going to conclude? I mean, I know there's been some changes. What is that? Going to yeah, that's it's a good question. I don't know that I have a time or date for that. Um, you know, obviously Sean's heavily involved in that. It's his staff. We we discuss every aspect of of our football operation. He and I, and and uh, like I said, we're just at the beginning of that process. So we don't put you know deadlines on ourselves in in terms of that. We just want to be thorough. Is that, is, that, is that evaluation, is that something that it would seem like you would do every season? Is there a little bit more of a critical eye on it this year? Uh, look, after 7-9, yeah, I would say that it is a little more of a critical eye, uh, you know, on every aspect of it, certainly, yeah. Speaking of that uh, evaluation, 
you look at the first two rounds, do you think in the future that you're less likely to take a project-type player like uh, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, considering he didn't have an immediate impact? Or the fans would have had a problem if he's like taken on the back end, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, but like for the first two rounds? No, I, I don't think, Bobby, that, that that's that's the case. First of all, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been available in the fifth or sixth round to us. So, you know, I think sometimes our expectations of draft picks, even high draft picks, are a little unrealistic. You know, if you look back, you just a few players that I'll mention, John Stinchcomb, who was a second-round pick, you know, he didn't play until year three. Devery Henderson didn't play much his first year. He was a second-round pick. Robert Meacham, who was a first-round pick, didn't play a lot in his first year. So, look... <laughs> You know, part of the time when a draft pick comes in, he's just looking for the right room to go to, much less to understand what it takes uh, to play at a high level um, in the NFL. Now, some guys are different. We got we got a lot out of Brandon Cooks this year, for example, and, and it was disappointing that he got hurt. But we, we knew going in that Stanley was going to take some time and need some development, but he's got some unique traits for his position, and, and uh, you know, I think we're still excited about the traits that he, that he has to play corner in the National Football League. Hey, Mickey, what, at what point will you, will you talk to Junior, or will you let everything play out first before you and Sean specifically talk to him? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have a time frame for that. I think, again, you know, this, this just happened yesterday, so, you know, we're, we're going to let the, you know, let the legal process and, and the league process, yeah, you know, start and run its course, but I'm, I'm sure we'll have a discussion with him uh, relatively soon. Mickey, with the critical, critical situation this year, or, you know, situation 7-9, is it going to be tougher for you now with the salaries and you guys are over the salary cap? It, are you going to take a little closer look now this year than in the past? You know, I, I don't know that it's going to be a lot different. Um, look, we, we are over the salary cap, but we've got a lot of mechanisms built into a number of these contracts. So, you know, I read we're $20 million plus over the salary cap. We are. But in actuality, it's less than half that when you – when you know some of these mechanisms trigger, so I would say that I think we're in a better position than we were a year ago in terms of just the pure salary cap, uh, although it may not appear like that, you know, sitting out there and and, and looking at it on the surface. If Gillette does get suspended, how does that affect the salary cap? Uh, his money. Yeah, listen, and here's what I'm not going to get into. I'm not going to get into what if. Yeah, you know, let, let's just. Look, we're one day into this, uh, uh, you know, one day after this incident, so I'm not going to get into the what if, uh, you know, anything or certain things happen. We just don't have enough information yet. Where do you is Rob Ryan's status right now, and, and is, it, is the evaluation of him going to be strictly Sean, or are you involved with that? Yeah, look, you know, it's, it's what I said earlier. We're in the very beginning of the evaluation process, and, and look, when we get our decisions completely made, we'll, you know, we'll make announcements at the appropriate time. Give uh, an update on Ryan Pace's situation, where he yeah. is right now. And then I know there was a report yesterday that he may be moving into a, a higher position, and you may be moving into a different position. Yeah, that was that Ian Rappaport report, right? Which I think he's got about a 30% accuracy rate if you, if you pay attention to the things that he puts out there. Um, no, Ryan, we've had a couple clubs ask permission to speak with him. Um, about their general manager's position, and, and look, he's a, he's a talented guy that we have a lot of confidence in and would hate to lose him, and yet, look, he, he's ready for a general manager's job. He, you know, he's talented, and, and um, 
I would expect to lose him at some point. Um, you know, it's a good thing, no different than the coaches over the past that we've, uh, we've lost to other teams who've had opportunities. It's a good thing when your people are being asked uh, uh, to interview for jobs um, and promotions, and, and, and he's no different in that regard. Was it accurate to say that his day-to-day role um, maybe increased throughout the last year? I guess part of that report was that he took No, look, he, he's our player personnel director, and he was promoted. He's been pro- promoted a number of times since he's been here. The last one uh, um, really less than a year ago, if I remember correctly. And so, look, he, he's in charge of college and pro scouting here. That's, uh, you know, that, that would be the role that he would continue to be in. Um, if, if he doesn't uh, end up getting one of these general manager jobs. Taking on a, long, a larger role with, with the Pelicans this year, do you think that that kind of affected the amount of time you're able to spend with the Saints? What, what, what makes you think I took a larger role? <laughs> I mean, look, we, we've got a general manager uh, who have a lot of confidence in with the Pelicans uh, and a head coach who's doing a good job. You know, my involvement with, uh, uh, with the Pelicans, I think, is probably a little bit overblown. And uh, uh, look, the, the Saints have my full and complete attention. They always have. And if I felt like, if I felt like uh, uh, my role with the Pelicans interfered with, with that um, effort with the Saints, then, then I'd step away from the Pelicans, and I don't feel that way. Has it been determined if Rob Ryan will be back or no? Again, you know, Larry, we're in the middle of that process. You know, we'll, when we're ready to make announcements about decisions that have been made, we'll, we'll do that. The two coaches, uh, Malone Miller, receiver, tight end, seems like there's a team in passing game. Has a team like Joe, yeah, through through for almost 5,000 yards. Can you help us understand the evaluation there at all? Um, no. <laughs> Again, you know, we'll, listen, we're just in the early process of this, and we're we're looking at every aspect. You know, I. I this is, shouldn't be about, it's not just about coaching, it's not just about our roster, it's about the personnel department, about everything that we do, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to look at, and, and we've got to be honest with ourselves about the things that we're doing that may not be working or have worked in the past and need to be adjusted, and so this is, you know, we're a week, week after our regular season ended here, or 10 days, whatever it's been, um, so we're in the early part of that. Um, and, and really, I'm not willing to discuss, you know, the things that we've talked about and, and the decision we've made to date. We'll do that at the end of the process, not not at the beginning or in the middle. So that, that's, you're not confirming whether those two in particular. No, we'll make we'll make announcements, you know, when when the time's appropriate. Just the wording of, of being in the evaluation process. I mean, sometimes coaches aren't. I mean, I'm sure you evaluate everything at the end of the season, but. It, are some of these coaches being evaluated more closely? Are, are jobs less secure than other years because of, of the evaluation? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that, that uh, I would state that way, but look, you know, 7-9 isn't acceptable for us. Um, so we're looking at, you know, we're looking at every, every decision that we make, yeah, um, everything that we do going forward, we're going to look at pretty hard and say, hey, can we do this better? Um, yeah, including me. Uh, a lot of players talked about they felt like they got what they deserved this, this season. Do, do you feel the same way? Well, got what they deserved. Yeah, listen, you know, you're, it's that old saying, you know, you are what your record says you are. We're 7-9. And, and, and uh, 
you know, that's just what it is. We've got to face that. We've got to be honest about it. Why were we 7-9? What were the things that prevented us from winning some of the close games that we had? You know, why did we have some close games when maybe we felt like, like there were opportunities for us to, uh, um, uh, you know, to be better than that? So that, that's the process that we're, we're, you know, really starting. What were some of those things in your mind that, that maybe just initially... Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that I want to talk about those specifically. Obviously, we've got some ideas about that, but, but uh, you know, we want to get a complete picture. I don't want to, you know, give a, a, a partial picture uh, of some of our thoughts. So. The last time we talked to him, that he felt like the team got away from the core, I guess, of what made it great. When you analyze going forward, how do you have to not, I guess, say we have to shake things up and really change things as opposed to maybe we're on the course and we just had a, a bump in the road. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, look, I think there, there's a key phrase in, in what Zach said and what you just repeated is that, hey, we've got some core values that we started with when Sean uh, uh, first arrived in 2006, and we've got to revisit those, make sure that, that um, hey, not only are we talking about those core values and those core things that we uh, um, that we believe in, but we're implementing them, and so that's that's part of our discussion, part of what we need to do going forward. Maybe going back to Ryan Pace, do you know if he actually plans to interview with any of these teams that's been reported to Bears and Jets? Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I think that's a better question for him than for me. You know, I do know, but I, th I think I'll leave it up to him to uh, to answer those. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Good question, Mike. Grant permission if if he wanted to interview for another GM job. Yes. Yeah. Certainly. Thinking those core values, talk about in terms of in NFL years, you and your relationship with Sean is now going into its 10th season. That's a long time in the NFL. Does it get frustrating, though, when maybe the buttons you've been pushing over the years, that things work right, and all of a sudden it don't turn out right? How frustrating has that been? Well, look, that gets frustrating, obviously. If you don't get the results that you expect and, 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 uh, and want, obviously that can be frustrating. Um, I'm not sure what your question is. <laughs> but just, when, just what you've been saying. When things all of a sudden are not going right, and do you really think, well, maybe we, we got a little complacent? Or something along that line. Yeah, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes you think that. Hey, what what did we do? Did we did we not uh, uh, um, implement some of those core beliefs that we we've had at the beginning? Did we stray away from that? That's you know that's part of that's a big part of this process. Is we've got to look at ourselves before we really start looking at at uh, you know the re the rest of our organization and the rest of the things that we do. We got to look at I've got to look at myself and say, hey, what. What did I do that that uh, um, didn't work? Why did I do that? How can I do it better? Sean needs to do the same thing. And obviously, he and I will have some frank conversations we already have about each other. And hey, what can we do better? Because it's got to start with us um, before we get to the rest of the things that we're doing. Mickey, what would you say to the fans that say, you know, they always ask me uh, or they tell me, uh, well, the Saints went up to West Virginia. It's a country club atmosphere. Yeah. This is like two days. You know, it should be like old school where you live in a cinder-block dorm, kind of like in Millsacks. Right. Uh, how do you – I mean, I tell them training camps are a lot different. Yeah. Than they were, considering uh, no one's really dealing uh, 
the Cowboys go to Oxnard on and on. Right. How, how should I address them? Well, it's a good question, first of all. And, and look, Bobby, you and I are from a different, you know, we started a different era of football um, where training camps were longer, tougher. You know, because of the rules these days, it's hard to make a training camp tough because it's really one practice a day and then a walkthrough. And, and so training camp is about learning. It's about recovery, taking care of bodies. It's about evaluating your team. And, and, and look, I felt like, the things that we expected uh, in West Virginia and why we went there all came to fruition. I really did. I thought that, that was a good experience. That's not the reason we were seven and nine. Um, they did a great job up there um, for training camp. We had a good focus there. I, I, I'm not concerned about the location uh, of training camp as being part of uh, part of the problem here. I, I think it's it's part of the solution. So so you plan to, to go back? I would say today yes, that that's our plan. Is there any changes you'd make though, like going into the season about training camp? Well that'll be part of our discussion certainly. Uh, uh Catherine, you know, we'll talk about every aspect of uh we haven't got to that yet, but yeah, we'll certainly talk about what happened there. You know, we had a review of it after we left. You know, we've got notes, we've got some things that, that yeah we would we would do uh, a little differently but but uh, um, in terms of being in West Virginia and what happened at that training camp and, and how it was conducted, um, I, I thought it was pretty good. When you talk, uh, training camp probably falls into it, but when you also talk about core values, was there an overall mentality uh, that this team didn't need a culture change, so to speak, this year, that, that maybe that's one of the things that we need to look at? Yeah. I'm not sure what you're asking me here, but but uh, comfort level, or a, you know, I mean, some people say you go to a place like Millsaps when you need a culture change and you yeah. have to tear it down and start fresh, that kind of thing. Do you, do you feel, and some of the players and and talk about drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking the defense was so good already, and yeah, look, I th I think that's those are good questions. Those are the questions we're asking of ourselves. I don't I don't really have uh, you know answers for that right now. You, uh, you alluded to talking with Sean. How is your relationship with Sean after 10 years, having frank conversations? Yeah. Um, I think it's really good. Uh, it's, it's uh, uh, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, I feel that way. I hope he feels that way. I think he does. But I don't think there's any topic or any subject that we can't um, have a discussion about. We don't always agree. You know, there's some thought that, hey, we agree on everything. We don't. We have different viewpoints. And... Uh, um, so sometimes those conversations can be a little uncomfortable, but but look, I, I, I'm not afraid to uh, uh, say anything that I feel with him, and, and he certainly doesn't uh, have any fear of discussing any issue with me. Yeah. I think it's healthy too. Is what I, I guess what I'm saying is that I, I feel like our relationship is very healthy. Hindsight's always 2020, but when you look individually at the major moves you made, the veteran players that were released, the Darius Bird signing, yep. up for Brandon Cooks. Do you still feel good about most of the major moves you made, or, do, or are there some regrets? Well, yeah, there's certainly some regrets. I'm not going to talk about any of those specifically. Uh, um, but, yeah, you know, listen, we're 7 and 9. You know, we, What could we have done differently? And there's certainly some things that we could have done differently um, to maybe address some positions or some things, that not necessarily with the roster, but just some things that, that – 
in retrospect, we should have done differently. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's certainly regrets. Players in particular, I know a lot of them for football reasons made a lot of sense. Did you, did you think they were missed in the locker room or anything? Well, look, anytime you're taking out guys that have been with you for a long time, that have been you know, successful, that are leaders on your team, yeah, there, there are some things that, that, uh, that you're going to miss from that if they don't get replaced. Um, and so, look, that's part of what we'll, we'll discuss. Mickey, since you, you, I know you monitor your division more closely, uh, your thoughts, uh, what surprises you about the decline of the Tampa and Tampa Bays and the Carolinas and, and the teams that you compete with in this year? Why, why did it decline? Well, look, I got, I got our hands full with our own team, so I don't spend a lot of time, you know, analyzing what's going on with the other teams. But, but uh, uh, yeah, was it, was it a surprise that you know our division winner is less than 500? Yeah, absolutely, that's just a, a surprise. Um, but and the, but there's a lot of factors in that. There's injuries that happen. There, you know, timing of when you play teams. So. There's lots of things. Look, I'm proud of the Carolina Panthers and winning their, uh, uh, you know, opening playoff game. You know, that's good for our division. Uh, I'm jealous, <laughs> as we all would be. But, but, uh, um, I, you know, I'm not spending a lot of time thinking about, you know, where the division is. I'm more concerned about where the New Orleans Saints are. The, the team's confidence level in Drew Brees turns 36 <laughs> in a week and a half, and you know, two years left on his contract, not getting any younger. Uh, I don't. I don't know the answer because I, look, I can't speak for the other guys on our team. I know my confidence level in, in him is very high. Um, talking about his, his veteran guys and the you know leadership that you lost in the locker room, was that a concern that y'all thought about when y'all were choosing to release them and going forward? Would that be a concern if you are in a position where you have to release another longtime veteran? Obviously, you know it's a lot of guys all at once. Even though it's kind of a decision, you know. Yeah. Couldn't really help but make, but is it just something going forward that would be in your mind now? Yeah, it'll it'll be on our mind. It was on our mind before. Uh, um, so yeah, definitely. You, you know, we have to we pay attention to our locker room. Uh, we we do, and and doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. Uh, but but we pay attention to what goes on in our locker room, and and uh, excuse me. Obviously, the you know the leadership on your team is is something that every team's concerned about, including us. Sean kind of laughed at the notion that, that y'all went all in this year and that said, said y'all went all in yeah. every year. Um, but looking back on it, did, did y'all maybe see this as, as a possible transition year with, with as many veteran players as, as you, had, you got rid of last year? Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we looked at it that way, no. Um, look, our goal is to compete for a championship every year, and we, you know, we make moves necessary. Uh, um, to accomplish that, so you know, I, I, I wouldn't characterize it that way. I, re I really wouldn't. You know, you're going to have turnover every season. You know, 20 to 30 percent of your team is going to turn over. Every team is different. Um, you know, in, the, in this era of football, so I, I wouldn't characterize it as that. I think some of that notion comes from the fact that you know we've got a quarterback that's an elite quarterback that uh, um, obviously is is 35 years old right now, but but. I, we don't look at it that way. Well, we, I think we always have tough um, personnel moves to make. I, I, you know, I, I don't know that it's directly related to the salary cap in that regard. You know, we, we've been in this environment 
for a number of years here now. We've, we've had a good team. We've got a high-paying team. And so we've been in this environment of, you know, being up against the cap, being near the cap. Um, we're comfortable. Uh, I'm comfortable with that. Um, so, you know, obviously we've got some decisions to make. You know, we've got an evaluation of the roster. We have to match that to, you know, our salary cap structure. You know, we know how to do that, and, and I'm comfortable doing that. You pay attention a lot to the locker room. Uh, going back to a subject we probably harped on a couple times. Uh, the locker room's been overwhelmingly in support of Brockline. Do you pay attention to that when you evaluate? Well, I, listen, I think we pay attention to everything. Yeah, we do. We pay attention to everything. Mickey, the, the defense drop off this past year. I'm sure you thought about that. Pulling back to the lens, do you think there's anything possibly like systematic or even philosophical that explains some of the struggles y'all had over the years? You know, it's been like, I know you've had some peaks, but yeah. just pulling back and looking at maybe even in personnel evaluation, it could be something like that. Well, yeah, well, listen, we've got to look at that. Um, Jeff, I mean, that, that, that's a, it's a good question, and it's something that we've got to we've got to look at pretty seriously. Hey, you know, are we scouting correctly? Are we making the right personnel decisions? Are we are we making? We got to make sure that we're giving our coaches what they require, what they need to be successful. So everything's open for discussion, um, and, and that, that's one of them. Mickey, looking at. Um Along uh, the lines of Rob Ryan and uh, his experience with the coordinator going back, you know, the Raiders, the Browns, Cowboys, and the Saints. I want to say it's 11 or uh, 12 seasons. He's never been in the top 10 as far as takeaways as defense. One time, I think they were middle of the pack, and more than likely in the back end. I know he's preaching it. Does that even come into play? How are you trying to stretch it to uh, the players? Because that's one thing since y'all, since Sean Payne's been here since 2006. And the one year we really excelled in, you went to Super Bowl. Right. We still went to the NFC Championship at minus four, but it just seems like when you play the percentages that somehow that has to turn around with the plus side. Yeah, look, we, we certainly understand uh, how important takeaways are. And, and uh, um, you know, it's a point of emphasis. You know, there's so many variables that come into play um, with takeaways. Again, it's an area we've got to, you know, we've got to really look at closely, and and uh, and we will. You mentioned the salary structures and the mechanisms. When you do certain long-term deals, do you look at those deals? For example, a deal like Breeze's, then you say five years, but really after three, we're probably going to have to potentially restructure deal deals. Do you look at that when you're doing those deals? Are those the mechanisms you're talking about? Yeah. I guess the low hit numbers early, and then the high numbers, knowing that. We're going to have to come to you. I mean, you even talk to the player about that when they sign the deal, saying that, you know, in three years, maybe we have to come to you to talk about this. Well, look, you're talking about two different things. There's mechanisms that are built in place in some, con in some contracts where the player doesn't do anything, doesn't have to do anything. Uh, that's what I'm talking about when I say there's some mechanisms in the current contracts that really that $26 million, $25 million that we're over right now um, isn't really that amount. You know, what you're asking, I think, is, hey, when we look at these contracts and, and, and uh, we design them, yes, we are looking out three and four and five years. Hey, what might be possible? Where are we at? What's available? Yeah, so I would say yes. That's not specific to Drew's contract. That's, that's the way we, uh, we look at every contract that we do is, and we've got a 
one-year plan, a two-year plan, a three-year plan. We're looking out, you know, for the length of every deal. Um, look, every team's doing that. That's not that's not unique to us. Despite we'll a tough year and a losing record, what were some of the positives that you do take away? There's got to be some good amongst the bad, whether it's winning away from home, play individual player yeah. development, things like that. Well, you, you've mentioned two things. Look, we, we had a... a you know, there was a lot of discussion about our inability to win on the road for a while there, and, and, and you know, we were able to to, uh, um, to win some games on the road. Look, we beat, we beat uh, you know, three division winners, I think, in Pittsburgh, um, Green Bay, Carolina. So there, there are some good things. We've had some individual performances that were good. Mark Ingram uh, comes to mind immediately, and, and look, we like the things that we saw out of Brandon Cooks and, and some other players as well that, that made uh, improvement and progress. It's hard, though, to get too excited about that when you're seven to nine. You know, that, that's just not, that doesn't feel very good. And so that's the thing that, you know, we're all focused on is, hey, we've got to, uh, we've got to do better than that. If you've been eight and eight, you've been in the playoffs. Would that have made you do, look at things a little bit differently or just delayed it for a couple of weeks? Um, well, I certainly would have delayed it uh, because we'd have been in the playoffs. So, but but I think this, like, you can't get fooled by just getting in the playoffs. Obviously, that's a goal, and and we'd be excited about that. But you, you know, we need to take a critical eye at at uh, um, you know everything that we're doing. Why were we eight and eight? We don't we don't want to be eight and eight. We want to be, be the number one seed and and get into the playoffs and have uh, a great chance, an increased chance to get into the Super Bowl. And, and so, you know, 8-8's eight eight's not going to be the number one seed in the, uh, in the NFC. Lucas Gino was arrested yesterday, he mentioned his contract, and how obviously it could have possible implications. Do you have personal contact or clauses built into any of these contracts that would allow you all to opt out if there was any Jim Peterson situation, uh, Greg Hardy situation, any of those kind of things? Well, look, there's things in every contract that, that players have to adhere to. I, I really don't want to get into a discussion of that because that becomes this what-if uh, uh, scenario. And, and I, look, I think it's way too early to, to be talking about that. Thank you all. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... <coughs> Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. All right, a couple of notes of programming-wise before we get out of here on this uh, Tuesday. Ongoing coverage, of course, of the Saints offseason, always at NewOrleansSaints.com. 
Uh, that's led by, of course, my partner, John DeShazer. It's yours as well on the Saints mobile app. I'm, I'm sure that there are going to be some newsworthy items here, if not in the coming days, certainly in the coming weeks. On the basketball side, big home game on Friday. I know I mentioned that the Pelicans go on the road to take on the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night, but back home on Friday, big game in the division against the uh, very stout Memphis Grizzlies. It is superhero night, by the way, on Friday. Uh, tickets start maybe as low as $16, I want to say. For Friday, uh, you want to get those pretty quick. Home crowds have been very good here of late. And uh, speaking of superhero night, thanks to State Farm, uh, there will be capes handed out. Superhero capes. What is that? First 5,000, 8,000, 5,000, 5,000. That's Friday night at Smoothie King Center. Tip off again at 7 o'clock. All the details, of course, as always at pelicans.com. Tomorrow is a Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley, analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans, joins us as we deliver the Black and Blue Report uh, from the team hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, what else do we have on tomorrow's show? I think we're going to talk We're going to talk some football, that's for sure. We're getting closer and closer to two big things. Uh, obviously, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, but also the um, college football national championship, which will be uh, on Monday night. And I think at the, some, some point this week, we need to catch up with uh, some of the area college basketball teams uh, Tulane's off to a notable start to the season. Same goes for LSU. And uh, we haven't talked about UNO basketball in a while as well. So I think we're going to bring in that process as well, maybe even as early as tomorrow uh, with regard to that here on the Black and Blue Report. Your suggestions for the show are always welcome. You can follow on Twitter. At Black Blue Report is the Twitter handle. Um, you can always also email us too. We'll give you that email. That's radio at pelicans.com. You got a great guest or topic you want us to have uh, discussed? We'll, we'll listen. There's no doubt about that. So with that, we bid you adieu on this Tuesday. Have a great day. Hey, stay warm, everybody. Uh, don't forget pets, people, plants, all that good stuff. Uh, and I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast outside of the uh, New Orleans metro, uh, it seems like everybody but Los Angeles is caught in this uh, deep freeze right now this week. So we hope that you find a way to stay warm. Thanks again for joining us. We always appreciate your time. And uh, we'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.